this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, bless all of you. Just want to remind you that uh, next, next Wednesday night we'll still have a service. It'll be one combined service. And we just want to come out and honor God. Just uh, Thanksgiving Eve to say, Lord, I'm going to praise you. So we welcome all of you to that. But we will have services next Wednesday night. All right, let's jump into the Word of God tonight and ask you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and you know, often how we view life determines how we position ourselves in life. In other words, there's many people that all they see is failure, 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 negative, 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 negative. And then there's people that all they see is success, 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 or positive, positive, positive. And so often, we don't see things as they are. We see things the way we are, the way my life is. And when your life is good, it seems like everything's good. But when it's not, we see everything through a heart that's not grateful. And so I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about what it is to be grateful and ungrateful because every one of us in this room, we gravitate toward what we see. Whether it's positive or negative, that's where we're going to gravitate to. So we start in Romans chapter 12. Let's just begin in verse 18. If it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now if you'll note there, it didn't say, as much as it depends on everybody else. He gets the ball right back into my court and says, listen, you can't control what other people do. You can only control what you do. Keep reading. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink, for in doing so you will heap coals of fire on his head. You will surprise him with your goodness is what that means. Verse 21, this is what I want to get to. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so in reading that right there, do you expect good or evil to prevail in your life? And that's a question that everything, every one of us has to answer because everything changes when we view life from the perspective that good will always win. Now, when I get that in my heart, good is going to win here. But what happens is that that my life is going to follow my expectations. And so when you purpose in your heart that good's going to win, then that's where you're going to start heading. But any time I get over and always think that evil or negative is going to win, I'm going to be in trouble. Now, it's very easy for every one of us in this room to have a, a negative state or negative state of mind. Every one of us. It's not hard to do. But when I do that, I go from problem to problem, crisis to crisis. And what I found out in life is ungrateful people tend to be unhappy. You ever notice that? But when you find people that are grateful, man, they are happy people. But listen, Happiness does not have to do with a future date. What do you mean? Happiness can be right now. Happiness is a choice. 
But too many times as our life as human beings, our happiness is based on what? Payday, my birthday, anniversary, vacation. And so everything we put to, to associate with happiness is based on things or circumstances, but it doesn't have to be that way. Some of the happiest people in the world may not have anything, but they've made it a choice to be happy. So start believing God for good things to happen. Now, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. Go to your right there a little bit. Really, with what I just said, I believe this with happiness. It's a choice, and i I got to quit allowing my circumstances to dictate my happiness. Man, when I serve God, and I serve God with a heart of gratitude, there's a joy, there's a happiness. And so we're going to dig into this tonight. First, First Thessalonians chapter 5. And the reason we're going to dig into it, because I believe this is one of the areas that hinders us from receiving the things that God wants us to have. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Be cheerful always. I don't know about you, but I've looked at that verse before and I thought, can that really happen? I mean, you've ever looked at scriptures and say, rejoice always? Does that that really happen? Are there people like that? Well, I believe the Lord puts the bar high and he's saying, yeah, you can rejoice always. He says, pray without ceasing. And what he's talking about there is he's telling us, learn to pray frequently. Learn to pray spontaneous. Because when I pray without ceasing, you know what I'm saying over and over and over and over because I'm praying? My dependency, Father God's on you. So I'm just going to pray all the time. When I'm at the stoplight, if the Lord puts on my heart, man, I'm just going to pray. When I'm in the line at Walmart, I'm going to pray. Be spontaneous about it. It's okay to do that. But we all have, have had times in our life where we've grown tired of praying for something and someone. How many have ever grown tired for praying for something? Every one of us in here telling the truth. But understand this, I believe persistence is an expression of faith. To say, you know what, I'm going to keep praying because my God answers prayer. My God listens to when I pray. So listen, some of you, get a hold of that and, and keep on praying. And my faith, it shouldn't die just because the answer doesn't come when I want it to. I just keep praying and understand this. When I pray without ceasing, just on and on and on and on, you know what I'm saying? Father God, you know what's best for my life. And I'm trusting you in that. So he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Now, when the Apostle Paul said this, and everything give thanks, he wasn't telling us that we should thank God for everything that happens. And what I mean by that, when evil occurs, evil isn't isn't from God. So don't thank God for that. But what he is telling me, that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what it looks like, no matter how bad it is, I can thank God Because God is going to make all things work together for my good. Now, in in Genesis chapter 50, I believe it's exactly verse 20. Joseph, after his brothers were so ugly to him, his exact word was this to them. What you meant 
for evil, God turned it to good. God, and that's the thing that we got to see right here. That when he says these things to us, there's purpose and there's reason. And so he goes on to say, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I go back and I look at verse 16, 17, 18, and he says, My joy, my prayers, and my thanksgiving, they should never fluctuate because of my circumstances or feelings. What would happen if we approached every day? I'm going to rejoice today. What would happen if we approached every day? Man, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to trust God. And we gave thanks every day. Something would begin to work in our lives. But often, we go this route. I would rather be grumpy. I would rather complain. I would rather be a sourpuss. But you know what? This isn't what God asked me to do. I think it's important that we learn to practice being grateful. I'm going to give you a little homework assignment here. I read an article about a pastor one day who he said the Lord just told him, I want to teach you to be grateful. So he said a hundred times a day, he would say, thank you, Father God. Now, some of you sit there and think, I I don't know that if I, I I got a hundred things to thank God for. Well, you do. Thank you, Father God, I got a pair of shoes on. Thank you, Father God, I ate today. How many of you ever thanked God for a hot shower? Thank you, Father God, I got gas in my car. So you just throughout the day. So what begins to happen is when I begin to train myself to be thankful, it changes everything in my life. And it'll change everything in your life. Now, I want to show you a passage scripture here that will really help us, where we don't overlook the blessings. Go to Luke chapter 17. What I found in my own life, that when, when I live thankful to Father God, I find myself gravitating toward God. But when I'm not grateful, man, I, I, I seem to go away from Him. We're going to Luke chapter 17. Remember what He said, you overcome evil with good. Luke 17, start with me in verse 11 when we get there. Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village there, and they met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Now, the reason they stood afar off, that in this time in society, as a leper, you weren't allowed to go within the city, within the population of people. You couldn't. You were marked because the condition on your skin. And so you literally, you were an outcast. And as I read this and I start thinking here about an outcast, it would be very easy for me to focus on why me? Why do bad things always happen to me? It would be very easy right here in this situation for me to obtain a very sour attitude, to get where I feel sorry for myself. And a lot of times when we're in this predicament in our lives, the last thing I want to do is give thanks to the Lord. And so anytime we have something like this occurring in our life, most of the time our thought is this, why me, God? 
Why is this happening? So this is the condition these guys are in as we start. And what I want you to see in this passage, and you'll begin to pick it up, if life isn't good, Jesus can change it. I don't, I don't care what in your life isn't good. Now just sit there a second and think. This one area, maybe you've got a whole list of areas in your life where you say, my life isn't good. Well, I'm going to put some hope in you right now. Jesus can change it. And now you think these guys' life wasn't good? I mean, their life was bad. So we pick up back in the same passage in verse 13. And they, the lepers, they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So they see Jesus and they identify him as Master. You know what that says right there to me? He's Lord. He's Lord. These guys knew when life is bad, you call on Jesus and he'll help you. So they begin to lift their voices. So we jump to verse 14. So when he saw them, and what translation says that he took a good look at them. So get this picture. Here's Jesus as he's going into this city, and on the outskirts of the city are these lepers, and they start yelling at him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he stops and he looks at them. Now you know what I believe he's doing? I believe he's looking to see What's up with these guys? Well, I think he realizes real quick they're a bunch of lepers. So he takes the time and he, and he looks at them. And look what goes on here. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. Now what's up with that? Well, in their time, the only way that you could be allowed to come back into society would you would go before the priest and the priest would either declare you as clean or unclean. Now Jesus says here, boys, go show yourself to the priest. It would have been very easy for these guys to stop and say, uh, Mr. Jesus, we still have spots on us. Look at us. But get, get this real quick right here, what he tells them here. He says, go show yourself to the priest. And it was as they went. And so they responded to Jesus by faith. They trusted his commandments and faith without works is dead. And so they obeyed him. So what you see here, guys, is they didn't get healed until they went. But yet when Jesus said, go to the priest and show yourselves, they obeyed and went. And so I look, and here's a question that jumps out to me that i got to ask you. Is your trust in God so strong that you act on what he says before you see the evidence? See, that's exactly what they did. All they had was a word from Jesus. Well, it's the same with me and you. We got a word. But often we say this, I'm not going to do anything until I see what you're saying here. Now, this is biblical, what took place right here. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith. So what is faith? Faith is the Word of God. Faith is the substance. Faith is the thing that makes everything happen. So he says here, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
the evidence of things not seen. And so what he's talking about here, the evidence may not be my physical eye, what I can see, but you know what the substance of faith is? The Word of God. And by saying that right there, the Word of God is stronger and more reliable than what you can see with the natural eye. But often we don't want to believe that. Actually, this is Romans 4.17. A few weeks ago we talked about this. Romans 4.17, it says God calls those things that don't exist as though they do. And so in this situation, you know what Jesus did? He said, boys, go show yourself to the priest. In other words, you're healed. But he spoke that before it actually existed. See, that's the Word of God. That when I trust the Word of God that strong, I just start acting on what he says. Can you do that? Yeah. We can do that. You can believe the Word of God. So right here, we jump back to verse 14, what he's talking about. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. They were healed. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice he glorified God. I want you to get the picture of this. There's ten of them there healed. And man, they're on their way, all ten of them, to the priest to be, to, to be declared clean. And as they go, it says they were healed when they went. And this one, he looks. Now, can you imagine? All of a sudden, all those spots are gone. I don't know how many years he had spots, but probably a while. They're gone. And this one, he does a U-turn, and he doesn't do it quietly. If you'll know right there what it said, and with a loud voice he glorified God. This is how we ought to be thankful right here. We ought to be loud. How many of you are loud at the football game? We get loud over stuff. But when it comes to God, this just showed, man, his, his gratitude. And so keep reading here with me. He was loud in his voice, and he glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now, can you picture this? This is powerful. The power of being grateful. You know what? How how many of you remember the old song? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Remember that old song? There's truth to that. And I believe this is exactly what he did. And so it says he bowed to his feet and he gave him thanks And he was a Samaritan. Now that wasn't just thrown in there for the fun of it. Let me tell you a little bit about the Samaritans real quick. They were a half-breed generation. A half-breed people that were despised. You know why that's in there? Because God, through the Lord Jesus, will grace anyone. It doesn't matter what people want to define you as, God will grace you. He will heal you. He'll move. He'll move on your behalf. And so he says right there, he was a Samaritan. Here's what's interesting about that. You see this one guy was grateful. All of them were healed. But not all of them were grateful. Keep reading and this will open up a little bit more and show you something. Verse 17. 
So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the other nine? Now, if you'll catch something here, the other nine, their lack of gratitude, it did not deny his mercy toward them. He had already healed them. But what their lack of gratitude did, it robbed them of fellowship with Jesus. This other one gets to come back, and he gets to hang out with Jesus. But if you'll note something right here, God doesn't demand that we give us thanks. But when you do give him thanks, he takes notice. He knew, he knew exactly how many he healed, and he knew exactly who that one was that he identified immediately, but this Samaritan. He takes note. Verse 18. Were there not any found who returned to give glory except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now what he's talking about here is he's saying, Your faith has saved you. He was literally referring to salvation here, not healing. Because you know why he was talking about this? The other nine were healed. But he was the only one that I believe in because of coming back. He's saved and he's healed all of the above. And so as you begin to look at this and you read about this, only the grateful grow in God's grace. Only the grateful. And when I make a decision to hang around God, God will begin to move. And when I come into his presence with thanksgiving, the Bible says enter his gate with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. It's like honey to God. He loves to hear us say thank you. As a parent... How many of you love to hear your kids say thank you? Just gratitude. It's important that we give gratitude to Father God. Now, i got to give you some verses where you can see some of this. Turn to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians 5. What I found, it's, it's very easy to overlook what God's done. It's very easy to overlook the blessings that God's given us. And put our focus on what he hadn't given us. See, I don't care who you are in here tonight. We all got a lot to be thankful for. And it should be expressed. And I'm not just talking about this because we're approaching Thanksgiving. I believe this ought to be a way of life. It ought to come off everywhere we go. I mean, if if you go to a restaurant, be thankful. Just let it roll off of you. How many have ever been very gracious to, to a waiter or waitress and... Before long, you know what you see happens with them? They gravitate toward you. You say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Same with the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly or careful, not as fools but as wise. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, as which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now listen to verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I read all this, He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Well, one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, there's a joy on you. 
Man, when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, man, it, it just bubbles up in it. Actually, the Bible says that the Spirit of God is like a river of living water. He's the fountain of life. And when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, not only do I sing to God and I make melody to God, but part of this, the Holy Spirit will help me to be a person that says, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you find yourself day by day by day by day just walking in His presence and think, when you wake up tomorrow morning, thank you, Lord Jesus, for another day of life. Thank you, Father God, I'm ready to go. And the one that will help me do this is the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now go with me back into the Old Testament. I want you to see two more. Psalm chapter uh, 118. Psalm 118. And as you're turning there, if I would think, T-H-I-N-K, if I would think more about what Father God has done for me, I would thank, T-H-A-N-K, Him more often. It's important you get that. Just think about all the blessings He's given us. You know, if you don't have a grateful heart, I, I encourage you, go to Mexico sometime. Go down there. You'll come back a lot more grateful. You'll come back and be grateful you got food and just the necessities of life. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, if you'll note in there, he said, this is the day. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. And so he's giving me an insight right here. Don't, don't throw your days away. Take time each day to, man, Father God, I thank you that I'm still here. Keep honoring him. Keep honoring him. I got one more I got to take you here to. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Verses 1 and 2. Now listen real close to these. This is a good one. O come, and that word O come means an enthusiastic appeal. Not, thank you, Father God. I mean, I, I look sometimes and I, I wonder why people don't have a desire to worship God. They put their hands in their pockets. This is boring. And we ought to come in here and in His presence and be enthusiastic about it. And, and one way that always helps me to stay enthusiastic about, enthusiastic about the things of God is I'm very grateful. I've never forgot what He's done for me. I've never, all the sin in my life that He's forgiven me of, and it's pretty easy for me to stay excited and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you need to think about this right now. Without Jesus in your life, now you don't have to raise your hand, there would be a lot of us in this room would either be in jail, I'll raise my hand, or we'd be dead already. I'll raise my hand on that one too. Right there's enough for me to be excited. So he said, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and let us shout joyfully with psalms. This ought to be our cry all the time. Now, let me help you a little bit right here with the word thanksgiving. That word thanksgiving is a verb 
That is spelled Y-A-D-A-H. It means yada. And yada literally means to give thanks and to praise. The root word of yada is yod, Y-A-D. You know what the word yod means? To lift holy hands to Him and honor Him and praise Him. And often I think we forget the reason we raise our hands to God. It's in thanks to say, Father God, this is a form of worship. This is a form of praise. And I remember when I first started going to church and I'd see people do that. I would think, what are they doing? And before long, I thought, I'm not going to do that. When I figured it out and they said, that's a form of praise. I'm not going to do that. Now, I'm not guilting you here in this. But I will tell you this. When I started raising my hands to God, there was a freedom that was released in me that was un- incredible. And I want you to get this, uh, this picture of what happens when we raise our hands to God like this. When you have a little child that's crawling and starts identifying you as mom or dad, and, and they crawl up to you, what do they do? They raise their hands. Pick me up, Daddy. Pick me up, Mama. See, that's exactly what Father God loves when we come and we look to Him, and it's just the same as a child. The child is saying, my identity's with you. You're the person that takes care of me. I like you, Mama. Even before they can talk, they raise their hands. But when we do that with Father God, we're saying, Father God, you're the one who's taking care of me. You're the one who watches over me. You're the one who blesses me. And it ought to be a heart of gratitude instead of being an old sourpuss, instead of just having my hands in my pockets, that when I come into the presence of the Lord, I don't care if it's in your house or when you come in here. We ought to be excited about praising God. He said, shout for joy. Shout for joy. Something happens when I shout. Why don't you stand up and let's do a little shouting before we go home. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I believe this is a hindrance to our, uh, as us as believers. And the hindrance is this. It's like I said a minute ago. Too often. We don't count our blessings We sit there and we major on all the things that aren't happening good in our life instead of saying, thank you, Father God. You know, when I said earlier, the the Lord orders our steps, I I think it's going to be shocking to us when we get to heaven. How many times God protected us and we didn't even know it? And I, I meditated on that today for a while. And I thought about this. How many of you have ever got caught in traffic and you just get real irritated and think, God, i got to get home, i got to get home? And then you come around a corner and there's been a wreck right there. And I sit there and I wonder, so was the Lord slowing me down at those lights because he knew I was fixing to be in danger? That he orders the steps of a righteous, Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's raise our hands and let's praise Him. If you feel comfortable, if you don't, you don't have to. Father God, we love you tonight and we honor you tonight. Go ahead and lift your voice. And Father God, we just say thank you for salvation. Thank you that our sins are forgiven. Thank you you're the God of a second chance. Thank you tonight that your mercies are new, that your grace is sufficient. Thank you tonight, Father God, that through your Son, the Lord Jesus, we've been justified, sanctified, and we've been redeemed. 
that your blood has set us apart, that your blood has declared us righteous tonight. We thank you tonight, Lord Jesus, that we walk in divine life. We walk in divine health. I thank you tonight, Lord Jesus, that no sickness or disease comes near our dwelling. We thank you tonight, Lord, that our bodies function perfect. Our minds are sound. Our memories are sound. Our emotions are sound. We thank you tonight, Father God, that you've blessed us. You've blessed us in the city. You've blessed us in the field. You've blessed us indeed. You've enlarged our territory. Your hand is upon us. You keep us from evil, and we cause no pain. Woo, thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you tonight. I thank you tonight, Father God. I speak this over the saints, that no weapon formed against them will prosper tonight, Lord. I thank you that no weapon formed against their children will prosper. No weapon formed against their bank accounts. No weapon formed against their possessions will prosper tonight. Man, we got quiet. Name of Jesus. See, I'm telling you, something begins to happen. And and what I do, I shift all the the issues in my life and say, man, Father God, with you, all things are possible. You know, when you start doing that, the things of your world, they just kind of shrink and you realize, he's a big God. He's a big God. And he loves us. Let me pray a blessing over you and we'll go home. Father God, we love you tonight. and Lord, I, I just pray the fulfillment, that the commands that you gave us to rejoice and to pray and always be thankful, Lord. It's just embed that in our hearts. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our life. We welcome you into our day. And we thank you, Father God, even the things of our life that we don't understand, we can still praise you. We can still thank you. And we give you glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.